Hey everybody, my name is Vadim. Thank you so much for joining the episode number three of uh, our special podcast, 1.30 a.m., uh, the podcast about what keeps entrepreneurs up at night. And today we're actually having a very special interview with a local food tech entrepreneur founder, Majdi Al-Nabih. Um, and we're going to be talking about companies that deliver food to your table. Majdi, I'm so excited to have you. Why don't you... Uh, Introduce yourself just quickly. Uh, give us 30 seconds of uh, who you are and just how it all yep, came together. Sure. My name is Majdi Al-Nabi. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Zip Lunch. Uh, Zip Lunch basically um, offers uh, lunch and dinner delivered from local restaurants at takeout prices or less and free delivery. And you can order your lunch or dinner in less than 30 seconds. That is amazing. You know, one thing that uh, really impressed me about yourself, and, and we'll talk about it later, but I remember meeting you for the first time, I think it was during your pitch to G-Beta, and I was in the room, and, you know, what blew me away in a very positive way was uh, just how not romantic you were about building a startup, but by how practical you were. I think you were running an entire marketplace off of what, like a text messages and uh, something like a brochure that you put on the email and, and, and that's it. No fancy technology. And I no, thought to myself, wow, this guy's got great, you know, you're not building a tech app. You're not trying to get, you know, all these people to, to, to build a perfect marketplace. You're down into the trenches. I really love that. I would love to talk to you about that. But sure. before we get to that part and I start asking you questions about your company, I just want to get maybe just, you know, 10 to 20 seconds of understanding you you weren't born in Canada, right? You came to Canada some time ago, or what's the story uh, that precedes uh, us meeting? I was born in Amman, Jordan, and I moved to Canada with my family, with my parents in 1986. I finished high school and university here, and then moved back to Jordan. Mm -hmm. uh, worked with my family for a bit, and then started my own businesses until I relocated back to Canada in 2016. Why were you going back and forth? Was it sort of like you didn't feel like you wanted to stay in Canada after you graduated from high school or was there just you know, related to business and family helping them out? No, it was related to the family. I okay. had to go back. Um, I'm the eldest son in the family. And in our tradition, usually the eldest son takes on all the responsibilities moving of forward. Of course, of course. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, okay. Um, and so you were sort of always involved in business, although I guess when it comes to being an entrepreneur and starting something from scratch, um, I, I, I guess ZipLunch was the fir first thing that you've done or like what, what, what's the thing that you remember that sort of pointed in the direction of you sort of, you know, I guess uh, wanting to run something and create something and, 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 and build something mm. from scratch? I started a few companies before ZipLunch actually. The latest one was uh, not related to technology. It was a manufacturing plant mm -hmm. that I took over. It had a team of six people at the time. It was near bankruptcy. So when I joined the team, I basically streamlined the production, <clears throat> eliminated so many products, standardized the products, eliminated modifications. Yeah. I was able to scale the company from a team of six people to the team of 250 plus people in less than two years and expanded the company into... 17 or 18 different countries. And then the company got acquired 10, 10 to 12 years later. Mm -hmm. 
and I had to run the company for another two years. I had to stay on board, and that's when I decided to come back to Canada. Mm -hmm. And 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 when you came back to Canada, did you sort of uh, start your tech company right away, or were you thinking of maybe getting a job, getting settled down, you know, figuring your next steps out? Like, what was your thought process on that? Uh, my wife wanted me to get a job, and at the time, <laughs> I told her I. Never worked for anyone. I've never been an employee, mm -hmm. except like back in high school, of course. And I can't just uh, work for anyone. I did some uh, renovations around the house at the time to keep myself busy until I figured what I wanted to do. And in the back of my head, there was always the idea of zip lunch because, thanks to my wife again, we have six kids. Uh, back in my previous company, where I was running like a big company at the time. Um, and because we have six kids, my wife is a stay-at-home uh, mom, and she'd always ask me the same exact question. What do you want to have for lunch? Or what do you want to have for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. Give me options. I can't think. I'm too, like, I'm really occupied. And when I came back here, I always wanted to be in the restaurant industry, although I didn't want to open up my own restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what if I can simplify it to people who are busy, like, the way I was? Right. And uh, that's where the idea evolved. We started basically spreadsheets. Yeah. We offered the menu on spreadsheets and then later on email. Yeah. And we yeah. have it SMS and we were sending the menu by pictures. Yeah. And each picture would have like, say, for example, if burger, fries, whatever, and you want to choose the burger, you would just respond with the letter corresponding to the burger, which was, for example, A. All you have to do is respond with A. Yeah. And on the back end, we're like, Thank you. Your order has been processed, and it was—it looked automated, but it was not. <laughs> it was you behind the scenes going, "Thank you so much." I love this craftiness. Uh, let, let's come back to it maybe in about two, three, five minutes. Sure. Um, technology and manufacturing are not in the same sort of realm. Like you know, running a manufacturing company, very heavy uh, resource and labor-intensive versus running something like a tech company where you can be one, two people and and essentially grow and scale. How did you sort of learn that? Like learn that maybe some of the practices that you've learned from the previous uh, venture do not necessarily translate into the new tech venture. Things that maybe, you know, not doing things up front, but doing some of the scrappier things like that. Um, uh, uh, testing quickly, like all these best practices that, that I, I, I've seen you, you know, uh, applying to your business, but how did you, learn that because you know i assume in the manufacturing you're not necessarily sending people with the spreadsheets and answering by text messages you know it's more of a delivering actual product so how how did you uh, get to it that? might be worth mentioning that i actually did finish um like from waterloo computer science at the time uh, i didn't practice much technology but i was always inclined uh, to code and whatnot and i did actually uh, create uh, several um, <clears throat> booking platforms and whatnot for local companies back in Jordan. Okay. And I did automate the uh, manufacturing process. I introduced robotics at the time to the company. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it came to ZipLunch, I didn't want to invest in technology at the time until I proved that it's worth moving forward. Smart. Yeah. But people are having the same problem, or maybe it's just me. And apparently people are having the same problem and they loved it and even on email and SMS, we were growing at 35% month over month. Yeah. Until we were not able to handle it anymore and we decided to build something more scalable. 
And that's when we built our mobile apps on, on uh, Google Play Store and Apple Store. Okay, you have and, an app now. That's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. But yeah. the we launched our apps, a week later, COVID hit. Okay, because I remember seeing the designs, and I think that was like an early work when, when yeah. we first met. But okay, so it's good to know. And, and you launched in the both stores. And then when COVID hit, you're like, oh, like because now you were catering more towards office buildings, from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're realizing that, uh oh, something needs to change. People are not going to the office right now. Yeah, so our solution was geared basically by providing or simplifying lunch to the mm -hmm. busy. Uh, professionals at the office, office people yeah by providing two options well one for me like uh two restaurants basically with five to six options from each and then when the office is shut down we're like okay what can we do um let's try busy professionals at condominium buildings mm -hmm. because we were able to aggregate the same amount of orders and we applied the same concept because when back at the offices we were delivering to the reception mm -hmm. of the building so I thought, why not just deliver to the reception of the condominium building and get people from each building to sign up to our platform? Yeah. We tried it with one building. It worked. And then we expanded into like a concentrated area and we added dinner as well. Mm -hmm. So we're giving the same options for lunch, the same options for dinner, two restaurants here, two restaurants here. You typically don't see the same two restaurants twice in two weeks. So there's always a fresh menu. It's always exciting. People are checking out our menu over the weekend to see what restaurant we have for the following week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes so much sense. So one of the things that you're doing is you're reducing this overload of options. And I read somewhere that the ideal number of options is either five or eight, but no more than that. That's why uh, I think uh, Chipotle only has four options. They have a bowl, a salad, a wrap, and... Uh, the magic number is always below seven. Below seven. Okay. Oh, that's why the phone numbers are seven seven or nine okay yeah it, it it there's an entire book about the decision fatigue i recommend everyone to read it okay we're gonna add that and i'll probably link that into the video if we're, when we're posting that uh, and so one of the things that you're doing is obviously reducing that decision fatigue but another thing from what i know and i want you to tell that to the viewers is that you are dramatically reducing the cost how how are you able to achieve that because when i'm ordering something on uber eats and it's twenty dollars at the time i'm checking out it's 36 and i'm like how did that ever happen right yeah. what, how, what's the secret how are you cutting that cost uh, uh with, with your approach well because we don't deliver individual deliveries so say for example you wanted to order from our platform today for dinner you get to choose your meal but at the same time 50 60 other customers are picking from the same restaurant from okay. the same menu so we're delivering 50, 60, 70 meals all at the same time to a couple of buildings in the same neighborhood. So we're following like a paper route. So mm -hmm. we drop off the first, say, 50, 15 meals mm -hmm. to the first building, next 20 meals to the second building, and they're all on the same route. Makes so and much sense. That's how we're able to absorb the delivery cost. And at the same time, it's one driver dropping off all these meals. Yeah, and instead of having each, okay, makes sense. Instead of having each driver, I just want to describe it a little bit more. Having, you know, one driver per one delivery and all these restaurants, you have a very limited number of restaurants. They're all like located very closely to one another. That one yeah. driver picks it up, drops it off to each person at the dedicated time. And from what I know, they're not necessarily going to the door. They're just going to uh, deliver to a uh, a concierge or at the desk downstairs so there is no need to go to each door and knock 
Outcome. No, no, no. We don't go up. We just provide the, uh, we deliver the meals to the uh, reception. In rare cases where the building does not allow it, they meet us outside the building or in the lobby. Mm -hmm. So we find like five, six customers, 10 customers, they're waiting for us. Yeah. But here you go, John, here you go. And we get on. And, and everybody, everybody gets the same food. Everybody gets. Not uh, the same food, but the same menu. The same menu. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. What's, what was your biggest, uh, uh, challenge getting that off the ground. I mean, what I'm curious to hear is it's novel concepts. You know, it's not for everyone. Somebody still wants to order 10 p.m. You know, tacos from 35 minutes away from their house, and that's fine. That's not your target customer. But but what were sort of like the and I really want to flash it out because we're seeing a lot of founders talking about success. But what's equally interesting is some of the rejections that you may have gotten early on and how you sort of overcame that. So I just want to hear like. You know some of the things that people told you early on it's not gonna work you know it's da, 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 da. like how what what, are, what were some of those things and what was your reaction to that uh at the, at the beginning people were kind of like okay this is different they wanted to give us a try and what we found is that once they try us for more than two times actually three times they get used to it mm -hmm. like we have basically customers who are ordering almost three to five times a week lunch and dinner lunch and dinner cost wise it's the same takeout price free delivery so it's the same price as if you had went to a restaurant and picked it up yourself mm -hmm. plus we're bringing restaurants that are not being offered on uber eats necessary like we have restaurants that are partnered up with us from mississauga for example so we pick up the 50 60 meals from mississauga deliver them to downtown yeah yeah but I, I still want to hear the biggest rejection that you've gotten early um, on. What would you think is the biggest uh, no or whether from an investor that said, you know what, this is never going to scale or, you know, or from a customer that said, you know, it's just not something that I think will work. Like what's the biggest slam in the face from that perspective? Because I think it's really valuable for people to know. Um, actually, to be honest, you might find it hard to believe we did not get any rejections. Like uh, the only few comments were made that, okay, if you can allow modifications, in which case we don't. Okay. And the reason we don't allow modifications, <clears throat> and that's actually coming back from my previous industry, I applied the same principle, is that when you allow modifications, it drives up, uh, it complicates the order, and it makes it hard to produce in a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're producing the same meal with no modifications, it's faster to, to produce and less labor. So the restaurants are loving it too, because we don't tell them, hey, remove lettuce from here, remove tomatoes from here. It's all the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and I think, I think that's the principle that McDonald's started on very, very early on. I mean, right now they have all these things going on, but yeah. very early on, you got your burger, you got your shake and you got your fries and that's how it was done. Um, and, and that allowed them to differentiate themselves against competition. Uh, before we started this recording, uh, you did mention to me the amazing traction that you've had, uh, your business is growing at. I, I just want you to say that one more time for everybody else who's listening. How fast are you growing right now? We're growing organically at 30% month over month. 30 month over month. Yeah. So roughly to calculate at the back of the napkin, you're probably going to get, if it's compound growth rate, you're probably going to, what, increase fivefold by the end of the year? Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. At least three hundred percent, but because it compounds, yeah, it's it's wow. Okay, and there is no slowing uh, in sight. I mean, what how, is it build, building like more buildings are signing up? 
Is it more people within the same building signing up? What, what's the, what's more, the people, uh, more people within the same neighborhood. Got it. So they're actually, they're, uh, they're actually talking about us. They're referring each other. They're raving about us. They're even connecting us with restaurants. Like our customers, uh-huh. they're connecting us with restaurants. Our restaurants are connecting us with customers. It's been uh, amazing so far. I, I, I would love, actually, I was uh, uh, thinking about food delivery myself because I'm taking, you know, a lot of, do, doing a lot of takeout myself. And I was kind of having your business always at the back of my mind because uh, it's interesting. I mean, I wish, I wish you made it available at North York, Yonan Shepherd, that's where I live. Uh, but it would be interesting, you know, to see how, how you expand from here. Um, but gee, I just want to quickly jump into uh, something that I, that I call a trivia break. I came up with a list of very quick questions. I don't want you to give too much thought to it. This, uh, thought to it. this is just going to be a fun exercise. I'm going to quickly, in the, in the lightning round uh, format, uh, drop questions at you. And I, I want you to think at least, you know, no more than one second. Just give me a quick answer. I'm going to say yes or no, yes or no. And then you just pick the one that resonates with you. Let's start with something very simple. Chicken or beef? Beef. Okay. Uh, takeout or delivery? Uh, delivery. Okay, uh, <laughs> of course. Do you prefer to be, uh, do you prefer entrepreneurship or having a stable career? Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Um, when you're entre- entrepreneuring, bootstrapping or venture capital is your ideal choice? Ideally bootstrapping. We've been bootstrapping so far. Got it, got it. What matters more to you, money or legacy? Legacy. Legacy. Um, what's your take on quantity versus quality? Uh, quality always beats quantity. Awesome. Um, now I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you a, a question. Um, do you want your kids to become entrepreneurs like you are? I certainly hope so. <laughs> they better. <laughs> I certainly uh, hope so. <laughs> what's your biggest fear, whether professionally or in personal life? Uh, to lose a family member. That's my biggest fear. I, I respect that. Absolutely. Um, well, what would you do if you, need, if you didn't need to work another day in your life? What would I do? Mm-hmm. Um, if money was not an object, like you could just do, like, you know, get anything you want to. Um, I'd work still because uh, the thing is, I love working. Mm-hmm. Um, I work on the weekends. I work day and night. It's an obsession for me. Yeah. Um, I would like to take some time off on the beach, but still, like, <laughs> I can't do that for too long. It's, yeah. uh, I'm never used to be idle. Yeah. All right. Final question. Uber Eats or Zip Lunch? Of course, Zip Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's really switch gears here because I, I know you're doing amazing with your, with your startup. And I know by the virtue of running this business, first of all, it's a tech business. Uh, it's a food tech business. You put food on people's tables. Uh, second of all, it's a marketplace. So you're learning a lot about managing both sides, the providers and the consumers. In your case, it's even a, a three-sided marketplace because at some point you will need additional drivers and there's going to be incentives of that, you know, that nature and, 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 and whatnot. So I, I wanted to ask you um, about food tech industry, right? Um, what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now? Obviously, uh, we know about Uber, we know about, you know, all these uh, skip the dishes and, and things, but there must be more to it. There must be more opportunities, whether that's, you know, uh, shadow kitchens and ghost kitchens merging, whether that's 
you know, uh, decentralization of, uh, you know, uh, restaurants sort of, you know, stripping away from having, having to have physical office space uh, in the, like innovation and delivery, innovation in, 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 in food productions, kitchen layouts. What are some of the things that you're seeing that, that you're, you're either excited about or you want to share um, or you're thinking about maybe incorporating your own business at some point? I think the trend will be um, cloud kitchens in the next five to 10 years, uh, mainly because of COVID. It was actually evolving before COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, even for us, it does make sense to partner up with cloud kitchens because um, faster production, there's less um, time consumption to prepare the meals because it's basically all the chefs in one spot, they're preparing all the food. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I do believe that this is going to be the next big thing. So you think having a, you know, sort of like a, like a dine-in experience will at some point, you know, not, not become less relevant, but in comparison, right, versus like just having your food delivered or, uh, and I don't know if the takeout will be an option with cloud kitchens, but, you know, just have that food sort of delivered without having any real estate. Do, do you think that proportion of that will increase compared to just, you know, going into the restaurant and having that experience of dining at the table with the, um, dining in will never die. Of course, like COVID is going to end sooner or later, give it a year or two, eventually it will end mm -hmm. and eventually everything will go back to normal. But from now until then cloud kitchens will keep evolving. Mm -hmm. Uh, delivery will be more and more in demand and takeout as well, but delivery more i assume uh but when things go back to normal people will get used to the convenience of having their food delivered mm -hmm. more than ever this is at least what i think you know it's it's funny you're saying that because i was just in montreal came back last week uh right before the curfew and everything started over there um and uh what surprised me is that even right now when a lot of people are on serve or the recovery benefit all these other you know, they're still doing Uber Eats. They're still go, like, you know, you would think that, you know, the pandemic and the loss of jobs and everything will make people rebuild their habits and start maybe cooking a little bit more, you know, having, uh, you know, maybe cooking larger meals for the entire week and shopping groceries um, uh, that are discounted. But I'm still seeing a lot of delivery happening now more than ever, actually. Yeah. Um, and actually, when if you're single, uh, it doesn't make sense for you to buy your own ingredients and cook your own food because it's going to cost you, I'm not sure how much, but it's going to cost you more. Yeah, that's what right. I've been telling myself. <laughs> Especially with a platform like ours because uh, we offer the same takeout price. Mm -hmm. Like a burger at our platform, let's say, for example, if it's $10, I don't believe you get it for 20 Yeah. Um, so it's still cheaper for an individual living on his own uh, to order in versus having to cook. For a person like myself, having a family of eight, I have six kids and my wife and myself, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it does make sense to cook at home. Although yeah. we do order in, but when we're buying soya sauce, for example, we're buying soya sauce, it's gonna finish in three months. For someone like, and I think you're single, it's going to take you two years to finish it. Well, I live by myself. I'm not single, but I live by, by myself. Yeah. But it's going to take you two years to finish yeah, it. So it yeah, doesn't make yeah. sense for you to buy it. And this is one ingredient. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. You're right. You're right. Um, so what about like in the past six months? So the COVID started, but 
I, I guess what I want to ask you is what's your biggest learning or takeaway personally, right? As an entrepreneur, you know, being hit by, by a pandemic. And by the way, a lot of respect to everyone that is seeing this as an opportunity, right? Like what I like about you is you didn't give up or said, well, you know, we'll wait till the end of COVID to continue doing offices. You were quick on your feet. You figured out how to pivot and, and off you went and you're more successful than you've ever been growing at 30% month over month. You know, a lot of people put their businesses on pause. A lot of entrepreneurs, you know, didn't survive COVID, unfortunately. But what I want to ask you is, as you navigated this uncertainty, what's your biggest takeaway or a couple of takeaways, if you will, um, uh, that you've learned that you know you can retain for the rest of your career uh, building businesses? Um, first of all, like my biggest takeaway is, and this is something I've always done, is never to lose hope, never to give up, keep trying, because mm -hmm. you'll always figure it out at the end. And that's what happened with us. Like at the beginning, we're like, okay, what we're we gonna do? Uh, offices are closed. Uh, let's try with one building. We tried with one building and it didn't work as well. And maybe because it was one building and we kept bouncing back and forth until we launched in a strategic area and we figured it out. We kept learning uh, what restaurants to feature best, what restaurants not to feature, what restaurant to feature for lunch, what restaurant to feature for dinner. Like some restaurants work best for lunch, some don't work best for lunch. So you got to keep experimenting, basically. Mm. It's a matter of sometimes in uncertain times, trial and error. You got to have the time to experiment and have the guts to experiment. So your advice is just keep going, keep doing, keep figuring things out. Don't give up. Just Don't give up. You have nothing to lose. Like at our stage when we pivoted, we had nothing to lose. We already lost all the offices. <laughs> so what's more to lose <laughs> it's a very uh glass half full kind of mentality but i 100 percent agree with you i you know I, I think for the most part as i'm meeting with entrepreneurs and sometimes we're doing brainstorming sessions I, I i tend to say that you know people that win in the game of entrepreneurship are the ones that stay in the game the longest not necessarily the smartest most connected you know most technical uh most charismatic individuals because um, it's, it's usually people that just stay in the game, stay in the game. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be like extremely intelligent. It just needs hard work, persistence, uh, keep going at it, keep experimenting. Yeah. It's what, all about experimentations. What quality, and I don't mean advice anymore, but I mean quality, uh, like persistence, perseverance, you know, uh, um, uh, passion, things of that nature. Would you, uh, uh, if you were to invest in a founder, it doesn't have to be a foot tech, it could be just any entrepreneur that you believe in. What qualities are you looking for saying, yes, that person will be successful in life and entrepreneurship, whatever it is, right? Like what, what are the qualities that excite you? Um, hardworking, of course. Um, I'd love to find people that have the same mentality, basically, uh, when it comes to hardworking, like, I don't believe in weekends. I don't believe in holidays. Mm. Although I do take some time off, but uh, I'm the least one on the team that takes time off. Um, do your homework. This is something that I always uh, tell my team that before you um, like want to answer something or 
go through something, do your homework first. It only, it's only going to take a couple of hours to do your homework. Okay. And based on your homework, the trial and error or the experiment, experimentation becomes much less because you're basing it on stats, not pure trial and error. Mm -hmm. Anything uh, else? Fearless. Fearless. Okay. Yeah. You have to be fearless. I like that. Because it's uncertain world, especially at the time of COVID, it was totally uncertain. Unlike any other time I've been through before in my professional life, this was the most uncertain time. And honestly, when I look back at the beginning when we started uh, in July, we were extremely fearless. And you think because of that, and because you didn't have anything to lose, the only way for you was to go up and, you know, the, the fortune and, and the chance worked out in your favor. And of course, a lot of hard work definitely helped to skew the results in your favor. Not but only that, not only that, it's based as well on our prior experience with the offices. We mm -hmm. knew our solution works. Yeah. We knew our solution works for busy people, for busy professionals. We just needed to find where they are now. They're not at the office, they're somewhere, they're home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, they became twice as busy because before the office, you had a normal busy life, nine to five, nine to eight, whatever. You had a break, but now you're at home with your kids, with your wife, mm -hmm. uh, working remotely. So it's twice as hard. So we figured our solution was more needed than at the time when companies were at the office. And our assumption turned out to be right. That's awesome. That's, re that's really, really cool. Um, we're almost done here, but I, I still want to ask you just a couple of quick questions before we wrap up. Um, what interests me personally is now that you've accumulated, now, now, now that you went through all this and you've accumulated so much experience, um, for somebody that's starting up, right? Think about back to yourself when you joined the family business, you went back to, from Canada, uh, back, back home, and you joined the family business. And I, I assume you were a very different person and had very different uh, uh, opinion on what works and what doesn't and how to deal with it. And then over time, you know, you've tried so many different things and you figured out, you know, things that work, things that didn't work. What would be your advice for somebody that's either starting in a family business right now or starting their own business? Um, and uh, you know, I don't mean industry advice necessarily, but more about just as an entrepreneurship sort, sort of advice or, or, or joining a family business and taking it from where it is today uh, to, you know, um, 10, tenfold, 20-fold, that kind of stuff. Um, if you don't have a family business to join, like join a company, learn from a company, learn from being an employee for a year or two. Okay. Develop your skills, then start your own business. Okay. Take the risk. Like I always thought that rewards come, rewards come with risks. The less the risk, the less the reward, the more the risk, the more reward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all about taking risks and at the same time working hard. Got it. And if they wanted to grow a business, if, if I came to you right now and said, look, I'm, I'm doing million dollars a year um, as a team of 10 and I've plateaued, I, I, I just, I, I'm trying everything and I, I, I can't, you know, can't seem to figure out, you know, what, what's next. Um, what would you tell, what would you say to that person? You know, if, if they ask you like a growth related question or, 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 or how to go from point A to point B from this to that. Um, you know, without any industry-specific sort of context, of course. You always have to look at your historical data because that, 
that was actually majorly uh, the major reason behind our successful start when we started post-COVID. Mm -hmm. We looked at our historical data with the offices and we applied the same learnings. Okay. Because it's similar. Your customers are the same, regardless. They're at the office or they're, they're at home. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's going to be minor differences, but you're going to figure it out along the way. But rely always on historical data. Because I knew for a fact, like, for example, Vadim at the office always liked to eat. And this is actually something worth mentioning. Uh, salad in the, uh, on Monday, but he likes to eat heavier on Friday, for example. But most of the time he likes to eat healthy. And uh, what's worth mentioning is that what we found out, we tried to offer healthy options at the beginning, and then we found out people don't want to eat healthy, unlike being at the office. Being at the office, they always wanted to eat healthy. Mm. We always offered healthy options, and they were our top sellers. Right now, our healthy options are not our top sellers. Okay. Other way around. <laughs> Go figure, right? I remember, no, I remember because I worked in the office for a couple of years in finance, and I remember everybody was sitting around the desk, sort of like, you talking vegan, talking salads, talking gluten-free, talking, you know, um, whatever the latest trend is in organic and you know, other things that were supposedly good for you. And then when I get home, all I think about is either a burger or a steak with fries or something in one lines because nobody's judging me anymore, right? Like yeah. nobody's, nobody's judging me anymore. Um, listen, Majdia, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I, I enjoy this so so much i uh, i wish we could talk more um this is such a great pleasure what i'm gonna do is when we are wrapping up i'm gonna link to your website to whatever we produce out of this uh, uh as well as uh, either your linkedin profile or 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 or, or something of that nature um and uh i hope you'll uh, uh you'll you'll share that with your network but i am genuinely excited for the opportunity to talk to you and just capture this chronology of your success and how you navigated that path. Um, I think this is going to be helpful for a lot of up and coming entrepreneurs that are starting out, hoping to break in, looking for that advice. And you've got that maturity to look back and really point out some of the more, more, you know, more important things uh, um, uh, on that path. So I appreciate the quality of this conversation. I wish you utmost, utmost success with your business and uh, with your family and how, health and wellness to you and your family in the upcoming, not in the upcoming, in, in, in 2021, because it's 2021. Um, I, I, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Vadim, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much.